Today, we are going to be talking about recharging your battery, especially around Zoom fatigue or really any fatigue with um, devices and video conferencing since we've been doing way more of that this year than we ever have as a global collective. So we're going to talk about how to recognize it how to prevent it, and if you're too late for preventing it, we're gonna talk about how to give yourself some TLC when you have recognized some Zoom and or device fatigue. So I hope you will stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered by Design. I'm your host, Dr. Liz, a licensed psychologist and owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. This podcast is about the power of connection and a proactive approach to mental health and overall wellness. It's about finding and owning your power right now and using it for good by nurturing the connection of body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Empowered by Design podcast delivers psychological concepts and practical strategies with a real-life approach designed to empower health and wellness, optimal performance, authentic connection with yourself and others, and purposeful, joyful living. Be well. Live empowered. Dream Design Deliver. Welcome to Episode 7 of the podcast Empowered by Design. Today we are talking about recharging your battery and tips on addressing symptoms of Zoom fatigue specifically. So we'll be talking about devices in general and specifically those with video conferencing. So the aspect of video conferencing over the past year as we are very quickly approaching the the official shutdown time of our 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. We have definitely switched over throughout the past year to a lot of technology communication and technology connection. And so we can be really grateful for the opportunity to stay connected with each other in that way and also recognize that there are some effects when we switch to in-person primarily or a mixture of in-person social connection and that by the design of technology. So uh, this is really important to me, this topic, as as they all are, but um, this one specifically came out of my own experience of a little bit of zoom fatigue and I say we're calling it zoom fatigue in the in the media or in common lingo and recognizing that zoom is a platform that most people have have checked out and or continued their use of a lot over the the previous year because of moving um into a safe space of social connection and that being technology. So Zoom is a platform that is that is free and 
I was reading an article after I realized what was going on with me or had some suspicion of what was going on with me of being a little bit fatigued. And the article talked about some statistics saying that within a span of five months, the number of users of Zoom jumped from 10 million users in December of 2019 to over 300 million users of Zoom just five months later. So big, big number jumps there really just highlights the, just highlights the, the impact of this pandemic and also just how quickly we shifted as a people to finding how we could stay connected in a time that felt and still continues to feel really scary and isolating and disconnecting us from from our from our people from our people at work from our people at school and from our loved ones our family and friends and again zoom we're calling it zoom fatigue and really just kind of like the the word how the word google became a verb (laughs) google it and stands for really We use the word Google no matter what platform of web browsing we're using because um, it's it's a popular it's a popular company and it it has come to represent web surfing and so similarly Zoom fatigue really does stand for fatigue in general of switching from in person or or even just audio or text communication to a more streamlined video conferencing service, regardless of what what it is you're you're using, FaceTime or Google Meets or some of the other ones that are out there. So when you hear me, if I talk again about Zoom fatigue, really know that that is, is a broad, a term that really represents the broad aspect of video conferencing. So for me, this is important because... Um, I have been one of the people who has been fortunate enough to be able to continue working throughout the pandemic, and for that, I am overly, overly grateful in being able to continue working with my clients and providing services that are extremely important um, in general, and especially in this time of global uncertainty and global stress and anxiety. And so we're talking specifically today about Zoom fatigue, but we recognize that we have been hit by a lot of different types of fatigue in general. And so very, very much recognizing the pandemic fatigue as extremely meaningful, significant, and important as well. And right now in 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 my area in the Northeast U.S., for sure in Pennsylvania, we are experiencing winter fatigue and very excited that March is here and spring is right around the corner. So fatigue in general is really stressful and I love um, to be able to kind of look up on the the dictionary. So I looked it up on Merriam-Webster Dictionary Online and wanted to just read for you the definition of fatigue, the word fatigue. And there's a few definitions, so I will read through them. But it talks about fatigue as weariness or exhaustion from labor, exertion, stress, 
Next, a temporary loss of power to respond that is induced in a sensory receptor. Next is a state or attitude of indifference or apathy brought on by overexposure as to a repeated series of similar events or appeals. And then lastly here, the tendency of a material to break under repeated stress. And they gave the example of metal fatigue. So as I said, we're, we're experiencing lots of different types of fatigue um, based on our circumstances over the previous year. And it's a real thing, right? It's a real thing that it can be helpful to know what to look for, what, how to recognize symptoms of fatigue if you already have it, and also to prevent it. Right. So last week we talked uh, in the last episode. So episode six was very much about how to really take a proactive approach to managing stress, to eliminating stress from your life if possible, and to recognize that we cannot realistically or possibly eliminate all sources of stress. And so really trying to figure out how to take a proactive approach to prevent stress when possible, to avoid stress when possible, and to manage stress in healthy ways um, in a general kind of way. And so I come to you (laughs) and saying that for me, as much as I know about trying to prevent stress and trying to be proactive, I also have to listen to my own advice in this category because stress can be good and it can be bad. Um, Too much stress, even if stress is coming from sources of good things. So um, things that are exciting, things that are new opportunities, time that is spent in ways that you just haven't had to do it before because things are new and exciting. Even those kinds of stressors are still stressors, right? So for me, I've been adding a lot of fun things to my life professionally and personally and recognizing that that has taken up time and taken up energy. And so part of that is also recognizing that even when things feel fun and good and exciting, they can still take a toll on our lives and it's still important to try as best we can to achieve and maintain some sense of balance, knowing that when energy is pulled in one direction, it has to come from somewhere. And so we have to recognize where can we, where can we recharge? Where can we pause, rest, and refill the energy flow, the energy store in our psychological experience, our emotional experience, our physical experience, even in relationships. And so this was a really good lesson for me because I was hit kind of over the head (laughs) with some stress that I didn't, was not being as proactive as I should have been or could have been, right? So you know, I'm, I'm talking to you about what to do when stress sneaks up and bites you in the butt. 
And more for me, it was like a big stress, heavy monster banging me over the head until I couldn't ignore it anymore. So in the middle of, of a work day, even my the middle of my work week last week, I was feeling a little bit tired. It was the afternoon and sometimes I just try to take a little walk or go outside and get some fresh air and, and rejuvenate myself a bit during the day. And all of a sudden my eye started twitching and I was like, what is, what is this? What is this? And immediately I thought, oh my gosh, is this stress? <laughs> um, because I, I, my body is a really good communicator to me of, okay, Liz, it's time to slow down. And I, as much as I, like the rest of you human beings out there, try to plow forward and keep going and ignore my own advice and my own strategies for being proactive and managing stress, by doing the things, getting enough rest and getting enough sleep and eating well and drinking plenty of water and getting exercise and asking for help when I need it or even when I don't think I need it, but I do, um, stress just came and, you know, bit me right, right in the arm. Well, actually right in the eye last week. And so Immediately, I said, oh my God, okay, what do I do about this? My eye is tired. My eyes are tired. I turned off the overhead lights in my office. So I, I was halfway through my workday. I still had a good number of hours of work that involved being in front of a screen. And again, I love my work. So for me, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like stress to be working. And so I was conflicted, like, what do I do? I, 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 want, I want to keep working. I can't not work. And um, so I decided what are the other things that I can do to help myself right now, to give myself some rest in a way that I can still be effective at my work. And so I, I turned off the overhead lights in my office and I put on my blue light glasses. Thankfully, I bought two pairs of blue light glasses way back in spring of 2020. And I use them in between my sessions because I I don't wear glasses or haven't worn glasses, you know, for seeing, for sight. Um, And so for me, it was a little bit distracting when I experimented with wearing blue light glasses while I was working and and working with clients face to face on the screen. It just did not feel in the, in the beginning of the pandemic, it didn't feel necessary. It didn't feel, it just didn't feel comfortable for me. So I didn't do it. And I would, so when I'm in between clients and I'm continuously working on my screen, I use my blue light glasses then and I said, okay, well, this is telling me that I, I'm using them now too. And I had some comments from people, from clients, oh, you have glasses. And, um, you know, and I was honest. I said, you know what? My eyes are a bit tired. I, I got some, I have some fatigue going on. And so I am, I'm wearing some blue light glasses and that was really helpful and it works because again, 
um, we're all on some level experiencing some kind of fatigue, whether you are or are not doing a lot of video conferencing. Um, it can be helpful to stop and reflect and think, wow, what, what fatigue is going on for me? And so I, I, I invite you to think about that right now. Um, really just to pause and, and reflect on signs or things that you've experienced, maybe some messages from your own body um, or from your mind or your heart, right? So we have, when we pay attention to the messages that we are sent, whether it's body, mind, heart, soul, spirit, when we tune in, and pay attention and really listen to those messages we we then we can hear them when we're open to recognizing things and so i i can you know be honest and say that in my mind my thoughts were telling me hey slow down get some more get some more sleep get some more rest you've really been working more more time more energy than then is is typical. Um, even even my husband warned me <laughs> in a, a very nice way, kind of like you know you're you you're working more, and I know you're doing it for a good reason, and I just want you to take care of yourself. And um, that came that came a, a week over a week ago, probably two weeks ago now. And I hear it, right? So we hear the messages and you might hear it from people in your own life. And we tend to sometimes ignore those very important messages. And then our, we, get, we get them in different ways. So for me, my body is the last resort, right? Like if, if my mind has told me and my heart has told me like, okay, you're feeling a little bit stressed or frustrated or... Maybe you're, you're snapping, your behavior tells you, right? You're snapping a little bit quicker. Maybe your patience is running thinner than usual. When we ignore messages, we tend to get them in other ways. So the last resort for me is usually my body telling me, okay, we're slowing you down now, whether it's pain in, in a certain body part or um, a twitching of the eye, and for me, that was the message. So as much as I know myself and can tune in, I, like like all human beings, can choose or choose not to listen to the messages. And so, um, so I invite you to think back onto your own experience and think about the messages you get from your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, from other people who represent some of those things with you. Next, I invite you to envision yourself in a future scenario where you maybe have plans to slow down, plans to take some time for yourself, to take a break, pause, relax, enjoy, whether that's spending some time with a, a loved one, spending some time by yourself, doing something that you love that is p- 
peaceful and joyful and exciting. And when I think about myself in a relaxed, fun way, as I've said here before, I I tend to picture myself on a beach somewhere. Just the peace brought about by being in nature and being grounded in the sand, in the earth, in the water, hearing the sounds of the waves. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen. Um, I'm very excited about that in my future. So think about that now. A time for you that you have coming up that you will be able to experience a sense of peace, a sense of joy, a sense of rest. And if you don't have one of those, then this podcast is for you, really. Um, as it is for me, right? Because I'm, I'm here, number one, telling you that I ignored my own advice, and so I found myself being hit over the head with some physical symptoms of stress. But it is important for us to be able to plan for and be intentional about caring for ourselves and showing ourselves some rest, relaxation, and time for connection, whether that's connection with you or connection with others or a little bit of both. And then I also invite you to think about what you have at your disposal, what you have at your opportunity right now in your life, in this moment, to be able to take some pause, take some time for you to do something for yourself. And as I'm saying that, I I recognize that doing this, listening to this podcast is, is that, right? So it's part of that intention, the design, the mission, the purpose of this podcast is designed to help you, to help all of us be more proactive and to be more purposeful and intentional in caring for ourselves from all angles, from body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. So as you're listening, give yourself a pat on the back, right? For taking some time and doing something in the spirit of health and wellness for you. And if you, you know, I invite you again to think about those things and we'll come back to them as we go through today's episode. So as I as I talked about for me, I I recognized the physical symptoms and I I knew, you know, some part of this was connected to stress and so I I did text my husband and I said my eye is twitching. One word response, stress. That was it. Plain and simple, he told me. And it was kind of maybe reading between the lines, even though there was no line, (laughs) it was just one word, Um, maybe a little bit of I told you so, but he didn't say it, right? And he didn't, he was very supportive. That day, I worked a full day, I had a long, longer day of work, 
and knew that that I was going to have to be more proactive and well at this point it was more responsive and really setting limits for myself so I taught I told my daughter my eyes started twitching today at work and she said mom you're stressed (laughs) so okay all the people knew it in my life and were telling me and um, I was I, I guess I was stubborn um, but yeah, so good stress in my, in my mind, you know, you're, you're, you think of stress and you think bad. And so for me, I was definitely thinking, okay, yes, I'm stressed, but it's all good stuff. It's good stuff. So there's plenty of research out there to indicate the dangers of too much stress. And all of these things are associated with things that we've been experience, experiencing over the past year, um, loss and grief loss of relationship, through disconnect, through death, through illness, um, through just distance can really put a strain on us. The uncertainty, the worry, the financial stress, wondering when will this end, thinking we're, we're, you know, we have some hope, we have some time to look forward to, and then recognizing that around every corner there's some continued uncertainty and 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 sadness and anger and devastation. And so as you know, if you've listened to any of my podcast episodes before, it's not about ignoring those negative emotions or those negative thoughts. It's about recognizing them and, and really acknowledging that they're there for a reason. They're telling us something and to process through them can help us to get to some other side to be able to make room for joy, peace, and some of the more positive aspects of our life. Um, so, so again, for me, it very much was an indicator to take some action. So wearing the blue light glasses, even in session, turning off the overhead lights, um, I have some really pretty lamps in my office. So I definitely still had enough light and I have tons of windows. So very grateful for the setup of my office and being able to do some things that were different in order to take care of myself. But really recognizing that that I needed to limit my screen time, which at first thought is like, what? I do everything on the screen. Um, Everything, right? Everything we do in this world whether it's checking your bank account to talking to your friend, um, we do it with our screens, whether it's text, texting or, or video conferencing, um, the technology piece is, is there and it's in our faces, literally in our faces. So I went home the next day after, you know, recognizing, okay, day two and the eye twitch is still here. It did not go away on day two. So I was continuing to wear the glasses. And then in the afternoon slash evening when I went home, I enlisted the support of my children who absolutely loved it because I gave them some power and authority over me. (laughs) It can be fun to to reverse the roles sometimes and see how they they really own their power. But um, I said, listen, I need to go device-free tonight. And so the only time that I'm allowed to look at my phone is if there's a text message that comes across or a call, right? Because I, I do have responsibility to stay connected and 
available, um, people that I work with know that things that are not urgent can be communicated through email and, and then as they become more urgent, the, the communication aspect changes, texting, calling become, become important. Um, so we, we played Monopoly (laughs) and even when playing Monopoly, um, I, my son really wanted to read my cards for me, my community chest and my chance cards. So that was another fun thing to do and, and allow them to help me out with my zoom fatigue, my eye twitching, and just really disconnected as much as I could rested my eyes as much as I could. We sometimes will be playing a board game and we'll have the TV on in the background and realizing there's no reason for that, right? So we shut those off and we, we listened to music, which was fun. So for me, it was really helpful to talk about it and enlist support of people who really understand, can know where I'm coming from, and can also be helpful and help hold me accountable even when... I may not want to listen to my uh, to the boundaries I'm setting for myself, but to set those boundaries, even for even if it's for a short period of time in the in the moment, right? So the day before, I wasn't able to completely disconnect from screens and knew that I was going to compensate for that when I could the next day. We can in those moments recognize that we set those boundaries for now and a little bit tighter than we had been and um, that we can always loosen up those boundaries as time goes by but really protecting yourself and caring for yourself your time your space your energy so for me it was definitely helpful to go back to the boundaries and set some firmer boundaries for myself enlisting support and, and then I also have, um, I, I definitely always look for <laughs> reasons as part of my personality is to figure out why this is happening and to learn a lesson from it. And, um, just so happened to pop up into my email, a, um, an article, a, an email with an article about zoom fatigue, right? So right after this happened, um, maybe a day or so later, and I said, well, I'm going to read that one and put that in my, in my folder to, to come back to and read when I was <laughs> spending some more time on the computer. Um, and, and it was a great, it was great timing for me. So, um, it definitely is something out there that it's not just me experiencing it. And I think that's an important piece to recognize is that when we talk about things that are going on for us, um, what we're struggling with, the stress that we have, sometimes we get messages from different places. Sometimes it's our inner voice or sometimes it's from, from society of, well, don't complain about that. Don't talk about that. You know, somebody always has it worse. And yes, that's true, right? We can really use that kind of defense strategy sometimes in a in a great way to put things into perspective and say, well, this is happening for me and this is really stressful. And of course, there are worse things that could be happening. And so I'll, I'll take that perspective in, in, a, in a matter of, being able to validate my own experience, process the emotions that go along with it, and then to also kind of 
be able to move forward in a positive way, in whatever way we can. And so there's different ways to do that, but perspective taking is certainly one that is helpful. Gratitude is another one that is helpful, especially in these times, knowing that people are struggling from all angles. And so, of course, Zoom fatigue and fatigue in general are are certain experiences that some people are experiencing and there are people that are experiencing worse things right we have people out there on the front lines who are in person and putting their lives and their health um, their personal health in danger and comfort in danger and chronic fatigue with that and chronic stress and then facing new challenges every day so we can use those kinds of lessons of perspective and having compassion for others and rather than getting into a who's got it worse kind of conflict or trap recognizing that you know everybody's struggle is valid and so even as we talk today or listen as you're listening to things that people are experiencing check in with yourself and and see what comes up for you and recognize that if you're not experiencing these certain things, that's okay. And maybe you, you know someone who is, and maybe you know someone or you are someone who has it worse. And, um, and we're, we're all struggling, right. As a human collective. So to be able to validate and have compassion for yourself in these times and for others is also really important. So I want to spend a little bit of time just going over some of the things that were in the article that popped up in my email box at the perfect time. And the article was, um, it is called Nonverbal Overload, a Theoretical Argument for the Causes of Zoom Fatigue um, by Jeremy Balenson. And it's there's not a ton of research yet on this, right? But research is in the works. We know that our our scientists and our psychologists that are in in this field of research and gathering data have been working on this, and and that can take time. So this article is based on previous academic research that can be applied to the concepts and the symptoms that people are that people are experiencing, and also professional opinion. So considering these these as arguments and more anecdotal at times not yet research findings, but obviously um, there are positive aspects of the video conference feature, which we've talked about here already. And when when you think about that kind of um, connection that has been forged through technology in place of the in-person connection. We can be so thankful and so grateful for that. The convenience of being able to work from home and continue to work um, with a bit of a shift, right? It's convenient. You can do it with your family members in the next room. Um, And so there are some very positive aspects. So reflecting on how video conference has been a lifeline for us during this, this struggle of this time. Um, there are also other things besides just that connection um, that have been highlighted that using video technology and less travel, less driving cars and less commuting uses less energy resources um, 
And so there are some for sure benefits and positive aspects to the video conference. And then again, we're, we're paying attention to the effects that sometimes because it's so new, we haven't known to be as effective or as adverse as they can be. Um, so this zoom fatigue that we're calling it again is, is one that stands for all kinds of video conferencing and device use. Um, but the article talks about some causes, possible causes of, of zoom fatigue. So we're just going to go through those briefly here and it may be helpful for you to hear that you're not the only one experiencing this and so that there are reasons for it. There are strategies to manage those symptoms and the effects that, that we are experiencing. Um, so when you think about the, the communication in a video conference kind of context, you're sitting close to the screen, um, in most cases closer to the screen than you would be sitting to a person you are typically having a conversation with right so when you're thinking of a business meeting um, you're you are typically not sitting as close to your colleague or your boss or your coworkers as you are to the computer and that is really just one of the one of the one of the things that we're experiencing with video conferencing is that is that our faces are really large on the screen if you're having a one-on-one now if you're having a group meeting or a group type of communication right there's those tiles and you can do a speaker view and you can switch the view and those are some of the strategies finding out what is the most comfortable for you is it the tile view where you can see everybody's face or at least a a certain number of faces at one time on the screen do you prefer the speaker view where the the person who is speaking at the moment shows up the largest and then the other people in in attendance are are smaller but one of the things that i recognized in my work early on was that i wanted to be able to sit back from my computer and i tried to as closely as I could mimic what it looks like to be in the room with me as you would if, if we were working together. And so I also talked to my clients about that very early on is, is if you can prop your device a, a couple of feet away from you, of course you want to still be able to see, you still want to be able to hear. And so you have to play around with it, but um, it can be really helpful to prop your device if you're using whatever you're using if it's a phone if it's a tablet or a computer a laptop to move it away from you and to play with that comfort of of the distance so that you're not um, thinking you know when we facetime sometimes we're just holding the phone in our face and and it's close it's it's very close and the social aspect of that is something different we typically reserve that type of closeness for the people in our lives that we are most closely intimate with, right? Our family and our friends. And so to be having constant conversations with that type of proximity, okay, even though it's on a screen, is is different. And so in order to 
you know, balance that, it can be helpful to move your screen back. We are also spending a lot of time viewing people front on, face on when we are on screen. Think about when you are in the same room with someone and you're both experiencing the same stimuli, you can divert your gaze in a natural way if something you hear a noise and you're both turning to see what it is or you see something out of the window. And even now as I'm saying that, I'm turning my face towards the window and you're both experiencing that together. And so you're both looking at that and you're you're breaking eye contact, breaking the gaze. And sometimes in the video conference arena, we 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 hesitate to break the gaze. Um, and I, I think even in my own experience, I've I've recognized like if something flies by the window that that would usually cause both of us to look, I'm feeling like, oh, if I look, are they thinking I'm not paying attention to them? And so we we don't share the same stimuli. And so it does change the way we are even able to divert the gaze or break eye contact and and look at someone from from a different angle. So even if you think back to a memory of an in-person meeting with one or more people, there you you may look down at your notes, you may look at your you pick up your water bottle and and you're breaking eye contact, you're doing something else. And so those are things that are not happening as often with sitting on the screen and looking at each other that way. And it brings up the aspect of cognitive load. So cognitive load is really talks about how much mental activity is happening in any one instant. So any activity imposed on our working memory in any one given moment or collection of moments. And our working memory is just the ability to remember and use relevant information while we are performing activities or in the middle of an activity. So cognitive load means that we are essentially being overloaded with lots of different types of activity at one time. So we are engaging in verbal behavior and also nonverbal behavior, which when we are in person, we have a different lens on nonverbal behavior, whether that's facial expressions and body language, breaking eye contact, maintaining eye contact. And when you are when we are video conferencing, we work harder to notice signals from other people. And we also may overcompensate for being on screen and being somewhat connected by exaggerating some of our own nonverbals. So if you notice yourself nodding your head a little longer than you typically would or a little more dramatic than you typically would, this is just another aspect of our energy being used in a different way. Um, so sometimes even looking at where are you looking <laughs> when you're talking? Are you looking at someone's eyes? Are you looking at the camera? Are you looking at the little green light that that's next to the camera? Are you looking at yourself, the, the, the picture of yourself? There's lots of different things to look at 
and that is only including the people maybe involved in the meeting. Depending on what device you're using, you may also be getting alerts on from message messages or voicemails or a call comes in or a text comes in or an alert comes up to remind you of some appointment that's coming up, right? So we have lots of information coming at us that is it can feel like an overload on our on our attention on our ability to focus and the things that we are working on sometimes we speak more loudly um, to 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 compensate for being on a device and we also have the 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 technology aspect of it, right? The technology stutter, a bad connection here or there, which can be very frustrating and not anyone's fault. And sometimes it's, it's interesting to, to reflect on our own reactions when technology is just, it's not 100%. And sometimes we have good technology days and sometimes we have not so great technology days. And we sometimes have no idea why that is, right? And so those things are another level to overcome that we don't really think about um, when we are in person. So just even thinking about that, you know, thinking about how you can compensate or attend to some of these distractions. Can you go into um, do not disturb mode? Can you go into your settings and turn off your notifications or just adjust some of those notifications that may not be as imperative or as important for you to have on at all times? Um, and that's something that you have to consider on your own. So in my, I recently got a new laptop and I switched from a regular laptop to a MacBook and it's a shift, right? It's a change. It was, it was different for me, and I had to really figure out how to shut off all the notifications. And I, I think sometimes still, the notifications, even though I think I have them all shut off, um, sometimes they still go off and can be distracting. But it's something to think about as a tip in how to smooth out the process of video conferencing. The third point was really that increased self-evaluation from staring at yourself on the screen constantly. And so a default in Zoom is for your picture to pop up. And now there, there are ways that you can hide your self-view. So if, it, if you notice that it becomes distracting to you to see yourself um, on the camera while you are in a meeting or while you are talking with someone else, you can hide yourself view. But if you think about the effects of that, um, the article encourages you to think of if you had someone following you around with a handheld mirror all day long and you're constantly being able to check what you look like and or being burdened by that image of seeing yourself. So it is, it is definitely something to think about in your own personal experience. For some people, it's not that distracting. And for other people, it can be distressing to constantly be seeing yourself on your screen. There is some research that shows some connection with negative emotions and constant or over overload of 
of being able to see your own image. I think most of them do have the option of being able to hide your view earlier when, when that really wasn't an option with Zoom right away. I know that there was some encouragement if you wanted to just put a, a post-it note over the box that had your image in it, that was something to do, an option to hide yourself. It can be distracting. And the fourth one is constraints on physical mobility. So you're sitting down, you're staring straight ahead, you want to get into the good frame of the camera so that other people can see you, and you're maybe sitting a little bit closer to, the, to reach the keyboard in case you need to use that or to adjust the settings. Um, but I know for me, as I was in the, the, the very beginnings of switching to video conference, I didn't have to get out of my chair where typically I would leave the chair and go to my desk to do something at my desk. And then I would leave my desk to go to the waiting room and, and say hello and greet and bring someone to my office. And all of that movement was cut out. And I was just sitting in one spot, seeing a client, writing a note or seeing a client sitting and doing work at my computer and I didn't have to move. And so for me, recognizing that I had I tried to get up and make myself get up and move around. It can be one of those attractive things to be able to just sit and do the work and get it done. And and with that, we also miss out on some of the movement. Again, if you think about going to a meeting, you may stand up and use the restroom or stand up and grab a drink or a snack even while the meeting is going on. And you can do that with little... Um, disruption to the meeting but when you do that on a video conference you're it's like you're leaving the meeting you're leaving the screen and it can be really distracting we know that with movement creativity is typically fostered and can be um, flowing at a higher level than when we are sitting or sedentary for a long period of time so it can be helpful to move around if you even think about being at meetings where it's encouraged to move around or pace or walk or do some kind of body movements while you are in a meeting, while you are brainstorming, while you are coming up with ideas and talking about strategies. So really recognizing how to do that as you are engaged in the video conference. And again, that may involve moving your screen further away from you so that when you are able to move, you are, you know, you're still at least on the screen for part of that. Another thing that also comes up is that with the working from home or working on devices, I've heard that people are taking more meetings and it's also referenced in the article is that because we're not commuting or we're not traveling as much as we did before to and from the office, people are feeling a pressure to, hey, throw in another meeting. And that can also be contributing to the fatigue. So we really want to balance. If you are loving video conference, that's great. We all are able to think about how it's been positive for us. And it's also helpful to recognize where we can set limits and boundaries to help ourselves be as healthy as possible. So 
play Monopoly, have dance parties, and think about now your own life. When we think about those questions at the beginning, and especially the one where you can identify what's going on for you in your life right now, what can you do right now to recognize things that you can be grateful for, perspective taking that can help you increase your compassion, and also to recognize and validate your own experience and the experiences of others in this tough time where we all, as a collective global society, are feeling feeling tension, feeling fatigue for different reasons and sometimes for similar reasons. Um, But I encourage you and invite you to think about one thing, identify one, even if it's a small shift in behavior that you can do to recharge your battery, to take some time for yourself to rest, set a boundary, set a limit. Um, You know, we, we think about we think about the pressure to keep going and going and going. And the other day I had to find, use a mouse for uh, my laptop that I hadn't been using for a while. And I recognized that when I found the mouse, I had left the switch on. And so I had to change the battery, right? The switch was on. I wasn't even using it for a while, for a few weeks, but because the switch was on the battery was drained and that's happening to us as human beings right now when we when we reflect and we think about the extra added pressure and tension and energy we are using for certain things in our lives in a different way right we're human beings and we're resilient and we bounce back from things from adversity and we grow and those are wonderful qualities about being human And it's also helpful to recognize where we can also give ourselves some extra TLC to feel better. So think about switching off. Where can you switch off? And what does that look like for you, right? What does switching off, what does resting, what does taking time for pleasure look like for you? I appreciate you joining me today and and talking about recharging your battery, talking about fatigue and all different sorts, but specifically Zoom fatigue. And I am excited to connect with you again at the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for connecting on this episode of the podcast, Empowered by Design. For further connection, subscribe to my email list at drliz.com to be sure that you are in the loop for exciting news, events, and resources. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Liz and at Visionistas by Design. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and send this episode to one of your people in order to share the love, spread the power. This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower you to pursue your dreams with intentional vision. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment or a working relationship with a licensed mental health professional. For more information on connecting with mental health resources in your area, 
visit drliz.com and click on resources. Thank you again for connecting. And remember, trust the heart, work your vision, dream, design, deliver.